Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Our Way. It's the 5th of October, 2020. I'm Flo. And I'm Sam. And today we're going to be discussing if happiness should or should not be a life goal. So why did you want to talk about this today, Sam? So um, a, back, a bit of background. I, I talk, after, yes, uh, after last week's podcast of our recording, um, our Sorry, after recording last week's podcast, I told Flo this week I kind of want to talk about this topic because I had this conversation with a friend before, mm-hmm. and when I was was having that conversation with my friend, it wasn't really scripted, but I was able was able to spew out so much stuff about this topic and really hold, like hold a strong opinion about wh- why I think happiness should not be a life goal. Mm-hmm. So, and I've never had this conversation with Flo, with you before. So, Ooh, okay. I just wanted to see what what you th- what you think of it, because I know you have your special perspectives, and that's why we're doing <laughs> this podcast together. You know. So. Okay. 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 So my initial thoughts on life, whether life, whether happiness should be a life goal or not. I think it comes down to the definition of what happiness is to a person and also bearing in mind the fact that the definition of happiness can change dependent on what Mm. stage of life you're at, um, but also what you go through, what your tolerance levels are or what your benchmark is for happiness Mm. changes. So for example, when you're a kid the thing that makes you happy is eating candy. So you just keep eating candy and that's, mm-hmm. that's your happy, that's your life happiness goal complete. Um, whereas like, for example, going through primary school, high school and puberty, it's maybe having the greatest friends or doing really well in sports or in your classes or having a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Um, and then when you're a career, it might be, you know, getting that job that you really, really want or getting your first paycheck or um, yeah, attaining prestige or, you know, the signs that you've got your life together, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a house, a car or something like that. So, yeah, I think it really just depends on the definition of it. Okay. So yeah. let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are you happy right now? I'm happy right now. Uh, am I happy right now? Oh. <laughs> I think I experience emotions of happiness. Yes, I do. Um, I am I happy? Yeah, I, I'm pretty content. I think. I think. Ah, mm. uh, oh, content is not even the right word because the reason why I say that is because I I have things that I want in life. For example, um, and it's not that I I'm not going to be happy until I get them, but it's more so that like I'm. You're happy where you are right now, but you, you know where you can what you can do to make you a, a bit more happy, a bit more happier. It's um, more so, more so like what I want for myself and things like that. But kind of, I guess, yeah. Mm. It'll, it'll help me enable. It'll help enable me get to future states of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about okay. yourself? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because Thanks. saying saying um if I answer that question with a yes, mm-hmm. that feels kind of dishonest. 
But if I answer that with a no, it also kind of feels dishonest. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah um, I think I will stick with the I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, okay, l then let's go to, like, a, the next section of, like, my thought process about this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'll give you um, the my my controversial clickbait statement, and I want, <laughs> I want your response to it. Okay. So what I think, I think life's default state is suffering. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about that? Life's default state is suffering. Mm-hmm. On what grounds can you say that life has a default, for starters, and mm -hmm. why suffering? What grounds? So, for example, it's like uh, you're saying the base baseline state of life mm -hmm. is suffering, right? Yeah, yeah. When in fact, I I definitely see that you know life is very dynamic. It's very mm -hmm. experiential. It it can't really be one flat thing. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the first half, and then the second half. Why suffering in particular? Okay. Um. So why I think life's default state is suffering is because like after we're born, right? Mm -hmm. And when we're born, we we come into existence and we go into the state of being. Before mm -hmm. you're born, you're not you're you're not you're not anything, right? Mm -hmm. After you're born, you're a being. Mm -hmm. So that's why what, what I mean by being a state of being. When you mm -hmm. are a state of being, you will suffer. Would you agree? You will suffer. Yes. Yep. Are they you won't... constantly suffering? Yeah, I, I'm not saying. Line? Yeah, I'm not suffering. I'm not saying you're con you're constantly suffering. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that they they won't be a life without suffering and pain. Ah, but then but, you're also talking about the emotion and the feeling of suffering. Mm. And because you know it's a it's a human thing to feel mm -hmm. emotion and react yep. to certain stimulus and things like that. So suffering is one of them. Yes. Mm, I guess this is also um what my my this viewpoint my viewpoint here is also kind of like the you know Murphy's law anything will that will go wrong anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Mm -hmm. So it kind of applies here because um how it applies is. Anything in life, like a lot of things, things in life will go wrong. Yeah. Right. So, by having, like, by by looking at life as the default, by looking at the default state of life being suffering, um, and things expecting things will go wrong. Mm -hmm. You won't be disappointed when things go wrong. I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. So, although in a high level view like me saying life's default state is suffering is a very can appear to be very pessimistic mm -hmm. but i think it's a very optimistic view because by accepting life's default state as being suffering i'll be able to appreciate the things that do go right more mm. and the things that do go wrong i've already accepted so would you say that that's a more realistic view on how to approach life instead because 
Okay, I can see what you're getting. Actually, it reminds me of a TED talk that I listened mm. to recently. Um, it's uh, I think if you will watch TED Talks daily, I think it's titled like "Why You Should Define Your Fears Instead of Your Goals." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I will, we'll talk about that another time. But in terms of what you've just said, oh, I can see parallels. Yeah, I um, yeah, me too. Um, which is why it kind of like spurred that thought. Mm. But I'm just I just don't want to lose the train of thought of what you said. So. I think it's a good way in a sense that, you know, you learn to appreciate life and what you have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as well from a relative standpoint, for example, having the, the life goal of being happy like 24-7, I, I don't think can exist because mm-hmm. for you to know what happiness is, you need to know what sadness is. Mm-hmm. So with that concept, applying it to what you've just said, it's, you know, if you have your baseline state of suffering, then you learn to know and appreciate what happiness is. Mm. Yeah. So I can, I can agree on that, on that platform of things. Yeah. But I'm, oh. it's interesting to say, though, Mm, is it the baseline? I think I'm getting quite stuck up with whether it's like the baseline. The, wor- of, the wording of the baseline, the default state. Yeah, the default state is suffering. Because biologically speaking, like, you know, when you come into being, when you're born and things like that, um, you mm-hmm. come into the world crying, first gap of air, it's, it's purely, it's not so much whether you're like suffering, actually. It's because, you know, you first gas of air and the crying and everything. I can't mm. remember what the, the the biological reason of why babies actually cry, but um, I'm trying to think. I remember someone telling me. Mm, all right, we'll scrap that. But realistically, how we react to certain things is um, you were just reacting to stimulus, right? Mm. Um. And I don't think it's quite fair to say that it's a baseline state because I think when, when you're younger, you're kind of a, you react to stimulus. You kind of like, you see candy, you want candy, candy makes you feel good, you know, it, um, the sugar so you, rush and everything. So you, think, so you think the default state is, very, is just neutral? Kind of like a blank slate, yeah. Hmm. But I think more people will experience suffering more likely than having a very positive um, kind of stabilized, like I guess what we would coin as the perfect childhood. Mm. Because in the end, it's all about growing, right? Um, mm. When you're younger and things like that, you there's observational learning, you know, so that's also observing how other people around you, especially adults, um, interact and things like that. Um, It's also watching other kids deal with certain impulses. Um, Another kid on the playground has a toy. Do you go and take the toy or do you go talk to the person in the toy to play with the toy? It's just, it's a multitude of different responses um, and reactions to that rather than, and, and then that kind of, defines of whether there's like a negative experience or a positive experience. 
So I think more likely, as like going back, touching back on the observational learning, you see your parents fight, mm-hmm. or you see um, your a teacher reprimanding another student. That feels there's a the feeling of fear or discomfort, um, negativity in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. So I think more likely you'll experience uh, key events or be more exposed to negative things, but you can appreciate the positive thing. Okay. So, so in, yeah, it's kind of like a blank neutral state, but then because when you're a kid, you observe and you learn all these so, human things. Yeah. So based on what you just said, right, mm-hmm. did you just, let me try to rephrase. Did you Did you say that we are more likely to experience negative emotions than positive emotions? I or I misunderstood. Okay, kind of, kind of. But okay, not in not. Ex- do we just experience more negative emotions? Negative emotions stay with us longer. That I know is a scientific fact. It's it's yep. it's the fact that you remember painful things better mm-hmm. than you know the happy thing. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. it's just so much more prominent when yep. we experience and we remember it. So in that same, you know, thinking. When you're younger, you could feel like, you know, the baseline state is suffering because you remember more of the negative things. Or the negative mm-hmm. things shape you because fear is a very powerful mm-hmm. emotion. Um, in fact, it's like it's probably why a lot of people do like run their daily lives the way that they do. Um, you know, you, you wait for the pedestrian crossing light to turn because you fear of dying. Um, you go to university and or do what society tells you to do because you fear of being left out or you fear mm-hmm. being left behind or um, feel like you can't achieve without it type thing. So I think it is, you start off with it as a more neutral blank slate um, but you remember as you grow up, you remember more of the negative things, and they shape you more so than the positive things. Hmm. Okay, then holding on to that that assumption that we just made, mm-hmm. would you agree that then suffering is more real than happiness? I think that's equally real because. Suffering and happiness are also acknowledged states of how a person okay. feels. So, okay, let me rephrase that then. Then, does because of what you said, like we, it's suffering is like pain lingers more. Mm-hmm. Does that tilt the default state towards suffering? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not so much whether it's, there is a default state. The default state is you are a blank slate, but that you remember you're shaped and you remember more of the negative things than the positive things. Mm. So, it's, yeah, it's not really a question of yeah, the baseline, but it's the fact that, you know, when you, as you grow older and things like that, you, you feel happiness and you appreciate things more so when you had the lack thereof, or you had an alternative. And then you identify that's how you feel. Mm. 
Okay. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Because I really thought that I had this worldview thought out, but I guess having this conversation is a good. <laughs> my good interesting sure. perspectives. My interesting perspectives. Yeah, because <laughs> I knew always knew that this worldview kind of my my worldview of this kind of have has holes in it. Mm-hmm. So I really just wanted to have this conversation with you to really discover the holes. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I think that that comes down to like the definitions of a lot of things. Um, and that can be very personal and very dependent on the unique individual. But I think maybe what you were trying to get to is that um, everyone will inevitably feel mm-hmm. suffering. And I think that's 100% true. Um, but it's not so much that, you know, they'll always feel suffering or the world is out to literally get them type thing. Um, it, it's more so that... I think personally, um, having an outlook on life that, you know, you need to go through things or experience negative things in order to grow is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I believe going and facing adversity is necessary um, because otherwise you you won't know any better. Yep. But the fact is, is that as humans, most people would say that they would rather not face the adversity. They would rather avoid it. And they would put in safeguards to avoid such a thing happening Hmm. but as well you can also relate this back to the fact that you know people don't learn people learn from the mistakes until they make that mistake they won't really learn it so it's like um not just mistakes but it's just going through it they let humans learn best by doing okay so Another another point where this my this worldview kind of falls apart is mm-hmm. not really fall apart, but what you can argue against this worldview is mm-hmm. if you don't see a point to the suffering, mm-hmm. it's life's not really worth it. If you if, don't see a point with suffering, what does that mean? So, because if there's no the, value in suffering. Yeah, because. Because the assumption here is life, life's default state is suffering, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't see a point to the suffering, then why, why, what's, what's the point of life? You kind of see what I, where I'm getting at here? Quite. Can you re reshape that? Life's default state is suffering, so life mm-hmm. equals suffering. Yeah. So, if you don't see any value, if value of um, suffering is zero, then the value of life is zero. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like mathematically speaking, that is correct and logical. Mm -hmm. But okay, I can see how that can. The only way I can see that working is that if one needs to know um, suffering in order to experience happiness. And happiness is like the whole value add type thing. So 
Yeah, in that sense, if you don't have suffering, then you won't ever experience a relative feeling of what it is to not be suffering and alternatively happy instead, and then so you won't be happy. Yep. That's logical. I think so. But I think I I think thinking about, you know, the whole perspective, it's like, you know, I I used to have I think I touched on this in one of previous podcasts, I can't remember. But I did for a period in time think that I needed to experience an intense amount of suffering before mm. finding myself or like um being happy. Uh, because I believe that, you know, I needed to feel and feel negative or feel pain or suffering, right? Um, not obviously physical, but like more so it's just kind of like hardships. I needed to feel as many hardships and many um, obstacles as I possibly could and kind of be brought down to a level where I could not take any more and I could only go up. Mm-hmm. And because I would have that bottom, bottom baseline, I would know what I don't want anymore. And I can just go and do what I actually needed to do and just keep going. Because you can't, like, you know, once you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else but up. Yeah. Um, That kind of reminds me of the book I read, Man's Mm -hmm. Search for Meaning, by... Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot his name, but he was a Holocaust. He he was a Holocaust survivor, right? Mm-hmm. And he wrote the book. Um, the book is kind of structured in two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part is his experience of in in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and the second part where he tries to answer the question, "What is the meaning of to life?" Mm-hmm. So, I I do because like. If you've survived the Holocaust, I can probably give you the credibility to answer that question, right? Mm. Like, because he he went through the Holocaust, and a lot of people, although they, uh, a, he said a lot of people who died in the Holocaust took their own life, mm. not because of being killed or mm. like famine or mm. or because of the other harsh conditions. Mm-hmm. It's because they they didn't see an end to to the war, and mm. they they don't see themselves going home. So mm. they're like, what is the point to this? What's so, the point of living anymore? Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think that bo- reading that book kind of really changed my perspective on on my worldview. It really helped. Really helped see like because um, I had a friend pass like pass away, and he committed suicide. Right? Mm-hmm. You know about this, but the podcast doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really sad by that because he was a big role mo- role model for me mm-hmm. so um i looked up to him a lot and and had a brief mo- brief moment when i was grief- grie- grieving mm-hmm. saying like why if someone who i looked up to and ha- kind of has a lot of things that i want he was able to take his life why why do i mm-hmm. what is my my, my worth right and I know that's a very bad, bad view. Mm, I understand mm. that. So that's why I kind of mm. read this book, which makes the makes the other comparison, the other side of the comparison. Mm-hmm. I definitely do not want to go through the Holocaust. That's <laughs> that's, that's that's a given, right? Mm. 
And if someone who's been through the Holocaust can say that life's worth it, what? How, how credible credible am I to argue for the other side? Mm. Yeah, I think so. one of the key ingredients for any person who needs to understand like why they live and things like that it's the concept of hope. Mm. Um, hope in themselves, hope in the future, hope in um, what's happening around you. Mm. Uh, it's like the light at the end of the tunnel type of mm. thing. Otherwise, realistically, why does anyone do anything? Mm. You know, why do we go and have a job? Because the light at the tunnel, we get money from it. Money makes us happy, or like money makes us stable, or money get, gets us a social approval or whatnot. Um, or empowers you in some way. I don't think many people would do things if they didn't have hope that it'll achieve mm. something for them. Yeah, because I agree. We're, uh, we live in a world where, you know, we react to stimulus. Um, and, and as well, in regards to, you know, how other people feel about life, it's, and, you know, you're also measuring, like, with your friend and everything. It's like, you know, they may have everything that you want in life, which is true, you know? They, they tick a lot of maybe external boxes or maybe it's like internal boxes. But the fact is, is that even though they had everything, they still didn't feel, um, they didn't feel like it was enough, right? Mm. So in the end, the key ingredient there is whether hope exists for them in their own life. Yeah. So I guess this goes back to my point where you have to find the point to the suffering. Mm. And I guess what I've gathered from the, the book Man's Search for Meaning, mm -hmm. I think you should read the book, by the way. I think everyone should read the book. <laughs> is, um, have a look. Yeah, I, I, um, I guess that's the meaning of life, finding the point to your suffering. That's what he, yeah. That's what he. I've gathered from the book. And I'm pretty sure that's what the point he was trying to get at as well. Mm, find the point of my own sufferings. Mm -hmm. That is your own meaning of life, because it's very um, obvious that the meaning of, like, the question, the meaning of life is, has a subjective answer to everyone. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's very obvious that that's the case. So, and. But the constant that all of us have is suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And the, but the, so the meaning of each of our own suffering is for us to find find the meaning, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but I guess it, it opens a box of questions of um, <clears throat> finding the meaning of our suffering. That's really why. Why do you do things? So what motivates you in life? What's mm -hmm. what do you want to get out of it? And then I think most people would probably talk about finding fulfillment in life or mm -hmm. their purpose in life. And then in the end, what will make them happy in life, right? But I think that comes back always comes back to purpose and fulfillment, right? Mm -hmm. It's how it makes them feel as a human being, and what makes them feel whole. And then it comes, uh, it reminds me of um, the book I read, uh, 
the greatest salesman in the world. Who is and it? <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of like a, it's a fictional story, basically trying to illustrate that uh, the greatest gift um, mankind has is the gift of knowledge to the next generation. Mm. And that'll make you feel fulfilled and give you purpose in life. So, you know, like, you know, you can go, go through in life, you can do really well with your career or um, be super successful or have the perfect family or um, just find happiness in general. Actually, it's not even has to be like a good thing. Like, you know, you, you're just content with life, whatever you achieve or experience through life, right? The, th mm. the thing that will make you feel fulfilled and purposeful type thing is if you're able to share your teachings and your experiences with the next person or the next generation. Mm. The whole idea of like human evolution, learning constantly. Um, but it's but also... Is, it, hmm? But is that just boils down to biology? Because like biologically speaking, evolu evolutionary speaking, our like the point of our lives is just to reproduce and teach what we've mm. learned um, in our to lives offspring. to our offspring so they mm -hmm. can prolong the species. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> would, would that be that could be an argument? That, that's that hits full circle, man. <laughs> Literally, crack the code. <laughs> We're biologically programmed to do this. They've got us. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, yeah. What were yeah. you saying? Um, but yeah, um, but but seeing, I think seeing the world as like using that biological worldview is not very helpful. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't give us meaning. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, we're just in a in a cycle anyway, right? Yeah. So I don't think that that gives you meaning because it's. Yeah, we live in the cycles, and if that's the meaning, then what's the point, right? It also kind of frees you from it, right? Because, like, you know, if we live in a cycle, and it's going to happen anyway, then it's kind of like, then yeah, do what you want type thing. Yeah, you I know guess. what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's going to happen anyway. Why not so, just live life to, yeah, to what, your best yeah, ability and do what's happening? It doesn't, doesn't matter, as long because it's going to happen anyway. It's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So just like be happy and do do what makes you feel fulfilled or purposeful and things like that. Even if it's temporary, even if it changes your mind, just do you do you type thing. Mm -hmm. And then that comes down to the whole fact that you know each individual lives their own life and very independently um, has their own wants, desires, likes, dislikes. Yeah. I also had this thought of, thought about um like meaning of life like if we can answer that question with a singular meaning then we will be trapped by it hmm. so let's say the meaning of life if there there is one singular answer to that that question we we wouldn't be free we'll be trapped because let's yeah, but say then then i would first ask you what's the point of figuring out what the meaning of like how does it affect you well, well, you. How does it affect it? Why wouldn't it affect you? You are living, right? Yeah. 
So, but do you need a meaning? It it depends on whether you need this meaning to like make you do something in life. I wouldn't say it's about making you do something. So let's say the meaning of life is X. Mm-hmm. So you're brought brought to this world just to do X, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your quote unquote meaning. If you're mm-hmm. not doing it, you're not living life quote unquote right. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's tragic. <laughs> yeah. So so what I'm trying to get get out here. So let's say the meaning of life is like as Chris, um uh let's take the biological um argument that we're mm-hmm. just here to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's actually just the meaning, what what is the point of doing anything else but to reproduce, right? So they okay. I so think the we'll whole be, we will, we will be trapped by that. Ah, uh, okay. I get what you mean. Um, and it's a whole like you know inevitable cycle of life, right? Mm. One, we're still bound by the concept of time, and that eventually we'll die. It's mm-hmm. That that is non-negotiable until you know we decide to figure out how a way to immortalize ourselves. Um, oh my goodness, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, uh, sorry. Uh, okay, so the other thing that I think is key here is that humans have free will, or the concept of free will, right? Mm-hmm. So even if it's inevitable that you know we live, we die, um, or you know we live, we experience, we pass it on to our offspring, and the offspring does better, fast first, we die type thing, right? Yeah, it's inevitable. It's like so why worry about it? It's um, because we have the concept of free will and the feeling that we can do anything within our power and within our means that we have. At what we call an individual experience of life. Mm. So the, the whole idea that we have free will, um, or the experience of free will, changes that. Um, that whole fact. Do like, we what's really the point have free of, will? Um, <laughs> that's the day of the world. But at the same time, again, why, why ponder too far into it? It's kind of like. Mm. I think for certain people, they can get um, immobilized by these kinds of topics. Mm. They're like, oh, why? Like, what's, per- what's the point and things like that? But I think I've come to terms with the fact that just like, so what? How mm. does that really affect me? I mean, does, is that going to stop me from living my life? Like, no, I'm just going to go and do my thing. Mm. And everyone else should go do their thing. Mm. Um. Because if they think too deeply about things they cannot control, you're not going to get very far in life. You're mm. just going to be chained, really. Yep. Um, also, what you just said re- reminds me of this other thing, this other book mm-hmm. I read. Mm-hmm. The Cocktail Party by T.S. Eliot. Um, so in the book, there's this, there's this um, pass- not passage, but like this Section. Section, yeah. Section. This this lady go goes to a, the cocktail party, of, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. She talks she talks to this um, person at the cocktail party who happens to be a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And she's going through a hard time, right? And she asks the psychologist, what can she do to re- alleviate her, her hard times? And mm-hmm. she, she's, 
but before she asks that, she she tells she tells the psychologist that she hopes that um what's wrong with her life is her fault. Okay. So uh, and the psychologist the is very, yeah the psychologist is very um, confused. Like, why would you wish that? Like, it, it is your fault? So the, and the lady responds like, if it's my fault, then that, that means I have control. Mm-hmm. I know. Yes. I agree. Yeah. If if it's not her fault, then then what's the point? Mm. Because if you can't control it, and you're leaving it up to fate or the the lack of free will that she has, then mm-hmm. what can she do to make mm. her situation better? You know, so. her powers. Mm. No, I agree. Yeah, it's kind of like it reminds you of like you know when you get feedback from other people, and then people, someone would say, "Oh, I have no feedback. It was good." Type thing. It's like no, mm. I want feedback because I need to know what I can do next, what I can mm-hmm. control to do better. Type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I agree. If there's any fault, I would rather it be my own so that I can change it and and. But in the end, realistically, it is within your own power, within your own um, volition, because you dictate on whether it affects you or not mm-hmm. and how it affects you, because mm. that you have control over. Yep. So that's kind of like the stoicism. Stoicism. Mm-hmm. Sto- stoicism. 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 Don't know how to pronounce <laughs> that, but yeah. That's the yes. stoicism mindset. Yes, I'm actually reading that into it right now. I quite mm. like it. <laughs> More to come on that next time. Yeah, next time. But I think we're nearing, we're running out of time. So, yes. But, but um, kind of want to say this, right? Because yeah. like, people who have are listening up to this point. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. Because <laughs> I myself am... I wouldn't say this was a great episode because, like, we, we, me and Flo, we do this unscripted, right? Mm-hmm. And we, tr- just to let the audience know, we tried it, we recorded once and failed. <laughs> oh, but that was like barely 10 minutes into it. Yeah, barely 10 minutes into it. But um, to my future self, I think I wanted to say that I probably have it right now at this moment, I don't have this thought process figured out. So mm-hmm. that's probably why this podcast was a bit unstructured, in my opinion. Mm. Probably could have done better, but mm-hmm. not at this point in my life <laughs> to make a better cohesive argument on this point that one mm-hmm. I wanted to make. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, maybe we can have another go at it later in a future one. Then, yeah, yeah. Well, with more clarity and more discussion and everything, because in mm-hmm. the end, it's just all. You know, you learn from the next one and keep going. Yep. Time capsule. Mm. But I like how this particular podcast like ended up talking about, we, we touched on a lot of different but related mm-hmm. topics on how people view life, how people live life, mm. um, but as well the different factors that affect not mm. just what happens in life but our definitions of it. Yeah, I guess the, in itself, this topic is very fluffy. In, fluffy, so that's why philosophical. We, yeah, we we are a bit all over the place. So 
wouldn't blame the the listener if they can't tag, they can't follow along. You know, tag along. I'd be yeah. interested to see. Like that's the thing, though. It's like maybe one day we'll do one of these things live. It's it's kind of getting. Do people agree with what we're saying, and um, have they thought about the things that we do say? Or like the perspectives that we bring up, it's just like, oh, was that a new perspective for them? Like, how does it make them think of well, this particular that, topic any differently? Well, you, you remember, you remember, um, you asking me and Mish, our mutual friend mm-hmm. Mish, mm-hmm. um, the question, what do you, what do you want to achieve mm-hmm. when before you leave the world or something, something like that? Oh, what and, do you want to achieve before thirty? No, not not not. Not before that. you leave, oh, okay. So, okay. You what do you die, want to achieve in life? Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to achieve in life? And I remember I said I wanted to make a difference, and you asked me if what I mean by that is like the Elon Musk level, like, like I want to develop a technology that can change the world, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I really meant was, um, I want to have like a conversation with, like, I want my conversations with every like with everyone to change their perspectives a little bit mm. for me that's a kind of success mm, i like that yeah i so like that that's kind I can of agree my with own that. kind of my own like goal for this podcast i guess mm. i hope that this me talking gives a different perspective to people but that's kind of like Saying that I have, I'm, I'm really special. Hey, I have different <laughs> perspectives. Wow. No, 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 no. But remember, but, everyone's makeup of experiences is different. It's a different concoction. Yeah. So I think it is important, and I think that's also why we enjoy doing this. Is because me and you both have a different concoction of the way we think and the way mm-hmm. we see certain things, and like the way we consider things. Like for example, like you know, anyone who's listening to this podcast will know for a fact that you know there's certain aspects that you did not expect me to have touched on. Mm. But, you know, now that we have, your definition will evolve. Mm. Mm. But yeah. I agree with your, your goal. It's like, you know, the, the fact that it's kind of like helps stimulate a different perspective in someone else. It's like, mm. you know, consideration of another opinion or another way of thinking. I like that. Yeah. Kind of goes mm-hmm. back to this. Um, what I kind of learned in the philosophy class I took in uni. I don't, mm-hmm. don't ask me why I took it. I thought I, I thought I liked it, but I. Mm. Yep, two weeks in, I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> but yeah, but what I remember from that class is, um, it describes everyone's worldview as a cir- like a circle around them, mm-hmm. and when, when you, talk to someone and touch touch someone, your circle kind of merges with theirs and mm. both of your circles expand a little expand, bit. Expand, yeah. Yeah. And so, so we'll just continuously expand our circles then. Yeah. I'm excited to get other people on board yeah. on our show and then we can have even more perspectives and a bigger circle. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's it for now and that's it for yep. tonight. Well, I hope you guys had a good time and thanks for listening and everything. We'll see you guys in the next one. Yep. Hopefully the next one will be more structured, <laughs> a better podcast. But I think yeah. We're on our way, Sam. We're on our way. That's the whole point of this podcast. That's right. Conversation right. on our way. 
Hey. <laughs> All right. See you. All right. Bye.